God is good. Yeah. We had nightmares. I had nightmares. You had nightmares. I, I slept bad, but it wasn't because of this. I just... Too much pizza. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's <laughs> nothing to do with it. There's <laughs> nothing to do with nothing pizza. To do with it. I'm so glad you're all here. I'm so glad that you, you're joining us. Um, and I'm excited to be able to do this live. It, what's exciting to me about this is not only are we going to be able to, at some point in the future, have actual in-person services, but also continue to serve all the people all across uh, the world, actually. There are people outside the United States who watch this. That blows my mind. I know. Well, it's God is good, and he takes all things, right, and makes them good. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to look back at this crew and say, how are we doing? Are we actually broadcasting on both services? Yeah. Kind of? Oh, okay. YouTube hasn't started yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. So for those of you on Facebook, we're going to do a stand-up routine for three minutes until we get our... No. Um, yeah, so you and I can just banter for a little bit. and, and It's been then. quite the thing, you know. I mean, I remember I was saying a few minutes ago, the very first time back in March when we started, we were at a table, we each had our cup of coffee, and we were sitting there, and that looked atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound great. didn't uh, look yeah. amazing. Yeah, but we have, like we were talking about just before we came on, um, from the time that we... In- we're live on both. Okay. Well, Good morning. YouTube. Welcome YouTube, YouTube people. people. Okay. So, but yeah, it's been it's been such a great thing. And first of all, I want to say thank you for joining us again. Um, for those who are on YouTube, and I want to say thank you to, to my production crew. Um, we started back in 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 March with just Joe and I and Jesse, and now we've we've expanded to four people. And um, so thank you all of you who are helping put this on. I, we couldn't obviously do this without without all of you. But I counted um, one, two, three, six. Six. Well, you, you and I. That, I guess. Oh, that's we don't five. count. That's, we don't count. I don't count. All right, and Zach's not doing anything, so he doesn't count. <laughs> He's just sitting there. No, but thank you, thank you guys for yeah. doing that. And, um, but yeah, I'm excited to be live, and I'm excited to have, to have, uh, have this on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, feels real. Yeah. 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 And we've got, you know, we've we've got we got lyrics. Hopefully, Kinda, that's yeah. working good. We'll see. We're going to eventually get them actually into the broadcast that, thing. That's eventually. the hope. There's a, Boy, there's so many technical things that go into this. And you get one figured out. Last week we had this terrible buzz. You didn't hear it because I cleaned it up. Uh, this, But Jesse and Brian were in here cleaning up the buzz. And we're just we're going to get lyrics um, hopefully next week, next couple of weeks, once we get through those technical hoops. Yeah. And my wife just said, hey, it's going. you're doing great. <laughs> Did she literally say? Yeah, that? that's what she said. Yeah, Kathy, she just texted thank me. You, literally, Kathy. you yeah. know, it'll work out. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm so glad we're here. Um, how's your week been? Uh, my week has been crazy busy. It's just been a, uh, which is not a bad thing. Uh, the, just, it's nice to work. There are so many people out there who aren't working right now. Yeah. Who are. I was talking to a friend who's been out of work for three months, and he hasn't been out of work for 30 years, and he is like. I'm listening to a way too much talk radio. I'm starting to get paranoid. And yeah. so I'm really grateful to be busy and that financially my family is stable. And um, so, and I got a bunch of stuff from Ikea to build. So any free time, I'm just using a, an Allen wrench and going to town. There you go. Yeah. I want to talk about para- the paranoia actually today. Oh. Yeah. See how God just brings Look, that God right is in? good. You yeah. know, um, we... we I hear so many Christians are really worked up about all the stuff that's happening 
And, and I just wanted to tell you it's going to be okay. And that's what, that's what the, kind of the subject is today, is the world feels like it's spinning out of control and evil's going to win. And no, it's not. Relax, people. Jesus wins. So Amen. it's going to be okay. Yeah. In fact, it's going to get worse. That's, that's just the way it is. So, you know, it can, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So that's kind of the topic of the day. You have anything else, any, any announcements you want to bring up before we uh, get into our service for the day? Well, um, Text to Give is now live. Now, um, is there any chance, Justin, you could jump back to the Text to Give slide just for a moment? Because I don't remember what the number is. Whoa, good there job. There we go, yeah, yeah. 84321. So if you text to that, it'll follow up with instructions on how you can give through text messages. It's yeah. very easy to set up. Um, a few, uh, uh, quite a few people have already signed up for it. Yeah. So if you can text, you should be able to get set yeah. up with that. Because I know some people, you know, they, they've been wanting to give and they don't like sending in checks to the, to the church. Some of them are sending them to my house, which I'm really uncomfortable with, but well, it's <laughs> what it is. So this will help solve some of those issues. All right, well, let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for tonight, for today, and I pray that you would be honored and glorified both in this service and at people who are at home. Oh, Father God, be glorified also in the world, and we long for the day where Jesus comes and sets the world right. Help us to hear that, that, that trumpet sound is going to come and what that hope means today. Lord, as we, as we worship, break up our concrete hearts that are, that are stressed out and worried, that's not focused on worship right now, and help us to worship you and exalt you and praise you as you really do desire. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen. Let's just uh, take a moment and pray, and then Pastor Brian's going to join us up here uh, for the message. Oh, Father, I thank you for all of the people who are, who are watching right now. Those of you, those who you know, who, who know you, and those who maybe have just stumbled here this Sunday needing something, and this popped up on their Facebook feed or their YouTube feed, and, and they just need you, and they just didn't know how much they needed you, that as they are trying to navigate this, this overwhelming world, that, that they can let that go and embrace you, that all of us, Father, would hear something from you this morning that that we each as individuals need to hear and that we as a body of your children need to hear. And I, and I pray that you will change our hearts as much as we think we are aligned with you. We are flawed people and we need change. All of us are sinners. All of us fall short and that you would change us, that we might be just that much closer to who you are. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks, Joe. I want to read a part of a poem. Uh, it's called The Second Coming. It's by a, a, a guy named uh, Yeats. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah. Turning, turning in the widening gyre. That's a circle. 
The falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. As I said at the start, there's this sense right now that, that the world is out of control, that, that things are just going crazy. And I, and I get that. We started this book of Habakkuk, um, reading in, this ch- in chapter 1 on how, how the prophet is seeing things going on here, and it's, it felt like today, you know. Chapter 1, verse 1, I, I, I see violence everywhere. I cry, God, but you don't save. Forever am I, am I going to see these evil deeds? Why must I watch this injustice? Everywhere I look, I see destruction and I see violence. The law has been paralyzed. There's no justice in the courts. And the wicked surround the righteous. And justice has become perverted. It's like, that seems like now. And I get that. It feels like at times... Like, like evil is going to win. And I hear Christians, you know, worrying about this stuff. And I, and I can understand why. But dear Christian, that's not where the story ends. And that's the point of this book. Is he starts off with this, this initial complaint of, I'm seeing injustice in the world. God, when are you going to do something about it? And, he, and, and in chapter 2, he has, has an answer from God. And the, the answer is that he gives him this vision, and he says, the vision is for this future time. It's, it's, it, it's a witness to the end. It describes the end. It's not a lie. It's coming. If he seems slow in coming, wait for it. He's coming. It will not be delayed. And then we in chapter 3, we finally are now in chapter, we're, we're getting the answer. It's this, it's this coming of Jesus Christ. It's the coming, the return of King Jesus. He came the first time as we, as we know, he came... To, to bear sins on the cross, which is what he did. He, he went to the cross. He, he died for our sins. He was dead. He was buried. On the third day, he, was ro- he rose again. Um, and he appeared to many people, up to 400 people at a time, bearing witness to the fact that he is not dead but alive. And then in Acts chapter 1, as we read, he's taken up into heaven to, to, to sit at the right hand of God the Father. And the angels tell the disciples that just as Jesus came, left so shall he come, which means he's coming personally, he's coming visibly, publicly, and he's going to be coming in great glory. This is the end of the story. And the question is, is how is that the answer? And what I, I want to tell you in, in just in a in nutshell, 
that our response to, the inju- to seeing the injustice is going to be rooted in that answer. That Jesus is coming. And we have it here finally in chapter 3. I'm going to read through part of it here. Now, I'm going to be using a different translation than I normally do. I normally use the English Standard Version, but today I'm actually going to use the New Living. Um, There is a lot of technical translation issues here that I'm not going to go into. It would obscure the issue. Um, And for this case, in... This translation, which is a little less literal, is going to give you the sense of it good enough for our purpose today. And it communicates it in a way that's much clearer in certain respects. So let me read it for you. Starting in verse 2. I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our great need, help us again as you did in years gone by. In your anger, remember your mercy. Verse 3. I see God moving across the deserts from Edom. The Holy One coming from Mount Paran. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens and the earth is filled with His praise. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from His hands where His awesome power is hidden. Pestilence marches before him. Plague follows behind. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. He shatters the everlasting mountains. He levels the eternal hills. He is the eternal one. And I see the people of Kushan in distress. The nation of Midian trembling in terror. Now let me pause for a moment right here and just very briefly explain what we're seeing there. This is the the appearance of Jesus. He, he, he comes with incredible power. He comes in such great glory. He's coming, it, it, it pictures him coming up from the south, he coming up from, from Mount Sinai, from the, the Mount of Paran, if you want to have a cross-reference there that I'm not going to pull up. That's uh, Deuteronomy 33.2. It's this idea that, that, G, that God is coming from this place where in the, in the past he's displayed his power of rescuing his people. There's all kinds of images here of, of the Exodus. There's images from Noah, this, this image of God coming to rescue his people from oppression and from the from an evil uh, ruler but he comes in this great power great glory and when he does the impact on the world is terrifying they shake the mountains shake before him they they, they crumble the enemies of God are shaking in fear He's terrifying in his great glory. This is the impact of his appearance. And then he goes to battle. The next couple of verses. Verse 8. Was it in anger, Lord, that you struck the rivers and parted the sea? Were you displeased with them? No, you were sending out your chariots in salvation. You brandished your bow. Your quivers 
of arrows. You split open the earth and the flowing rivers. The mountains watched and trembled. Onward swept the raging waters. The mighty deep cried out, lifting its hands to the Lord. The sun and moon stood still as your brilliant arrows flew and your glittering, glittering spear flashed. You marched across the land in anger. You trampled the nations in your fury. You went out for the rescue of your chosen people to save your anointed ones. You crushed the head of the wicked and stripped their bone, the, wicked, the house, head of the house of the wicked, and stripped him from head to toe. With his own weapons, you destroyed the chief of those who rushed out like a whirlwind, thinking that they would be an easy prey. You trampled the sea with your horses. The mighty waters piled high. It's this image, though, of, of, of Jesus going into battle. And it's not really a battle. It's not really a battle. It's a battle, but it's about the kind of a battle that it would be between an ant and a boot. Ant, boot, squish. It's like trying to fight a, a tidal wave. You don't really, it's not really a battle. He comes and boom, it's done. It's this sense of, of Jesus overwhelmingly dealing with the wickedness. And there are so many pieces uh, that, that I could bring into this. There's images here of, 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 of all kinds of Canaanite um, um, mythos, Canaanite deities being imaged here, such as when we go look in verse 13, this, that the deep is crying out, not 13, 10, the mighty deep cries out that phrase, the mighty deep. It's, it's actually another word for Tiamat, which is a, which is, which is a god in that era. You, uh, pestilence and, 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 and plague in verse 5. Those are also very well-known Canaanite deities. And so what, what's being imaged here, there's, and there's more. There's the rivers are also ones too. There's so much here that I could try and that I could communicate, but the basic idea here is that, that God is dealing not just with the nations that are being unjust, but he's dealing with the spiritual entities behind it. And there's all kinds of these images of, of God going up against the waters, against the sea. Now the sea in the Bible is an image of the wickedness. Isaiah 57 talks about how, how the sea is like the wicked are like a tossing sea, continuously at rest. We could go to Revelation 13 where it talks about how the beast rising up out of the sea. This, the sea is the source of evil. It is the source of chaos. It's, the, it's, it's where these things come from. And God is trampling it. That last verse in 15, it's that image of the horse just, just going to town on the, on, on the water, just crushing it beneath its hooves. God is dealing with, the, with, with sin. He's dealing with wickedness. He's dealing with all of that which is allied with it, and all of that which is uh, causing it. And remember the context. His, his initial question is, God, when are you going to deal with the injustices? When are you going to deal with the wickedness that I'm seeing? I'm looking out into my, into my nation, I'm looking out into the world, and it's bad. When are you going to deal with this? Chapter 2 is, here's the image. There's a, someone who's coming. Wait for it. Chapter 3 now is, he's describing what he's seeing. The appearance of this divine warrior 
this divine warrior that just crushes and removes with it. He's bringing his justice. He's bringing justice to the world. And notice in this whole passage, humanity isn't making this happen, is not bringing justice to the world. No, no. Justice will come, but it's in spite of us. Jesus is bringing it. Now the question for us is, how do we respond to this? See, that's where I really wanted to get to. I thought, you know, I've gone a long ways. I've been thinking about how, how can I detail, explain each one of these pieces here, trying to pull out the images here. And, and quite honestly, I could spend probably a couple of hours explaining each one of these little details, but I think we would get lost in the point. The point of, when is, when is we going to bring justice, God? Here's the image of Jesus coming back in such great power, such great authority, that, that the nations cry out, oh God, fall on us. Revelation 6 describes this moment where, where Jesus is coming. And they say, the, 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 the nations, the great, the small, all of them, they'll say in that moment, mountains fall on us, rocks Hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb because their great day of wrath has come upon us and who is able to stand? It's this image of, of it would be better for the cascades to come and crush us than to stand before Jesus. This is, this is the image. And the battle... The battle is not really a battle. And I, I think about Re Revelation 20 where, where all the nations are coming before him. And notice how brief it is. And they marched up all humanity coming with a raised fist. That, that verse 10, it's the image of, of, the, of the deep, the, 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 the head of the evil going like this to God. It may be, oh, don't, don't hurt me, but it's more likely a fist of defiance coming out against God marching against the plain of the earth, surrounding the camp of God's people, but fire comes down and consumes them. It's just, it's, it's a battle, it's not a battle. And this is what happens when you, when you have creatures, created things, coming up against the creator. He simply says, it's done, it's over. This is Matthew 24, 30. This image where Jesus says that, it, that, that Jesus is going to come in great power and great authority. And he judges the nations. Now, what I want to get at is these last few verses of the book. Because this is how this is how we should be responding to this. This is how we should be responding when we see the injustices of the world. Is these last verses here, verses 16, 17, 18, 19. Let me read them. I trembled when I heard this. 
My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me. And I shook in terror. Wait quietly for the day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though there's the olive crop fails and the empty fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. A couple of things. First of it is that the first response is to have fear of the Lord. And that's what we're seeing there in 16. When I heard this, I trembled. It's the recognition that, that God the Creator, Jesus Christ, the, the judge of the living and the dead, is not someone you want to be on the wrong side of. That's what the fear of the Lord means. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're cowering. You think about God and like, oh no, don't hurt me. No, no, that's not the point. The point is, is like, you just don't want to be a, on the wrong side of him. I mean, it's like it's like it's it's like, it's, it's the idea of you, you you drive the speed limit because you know that there's a cop there that might pull you over. So you go, no, I'm not going to speed because I know there's a cop right there. It's not terror. It's just like it's the recognition that if you do wrong, there's a consequence, and you rather not have that. That's what it means to be fear of the Lord. And that's what he's feeling here. And it's an intellectual thing. I heard this. I understand that Jesus is coming. I know that he is the judge of the living and the dead. And because of that, there's, there's a, he has an emotional response expressed in a physical thing. I mean, he, he's, he's, when he actually sees what the resurrection Jesus is going to be like when he comes back, it stops everything. You know, when he comes, the world will just stop. All the stuff that we worry about right now, all this craziness, life, history, politics, it all ends. It ends. The king has arrived. And Habakkuk, seeing this, knows, I want to make sure I'm right with him in that moment. Because I don't want to be right with him. It's, the, it's what causes him at the very bit, verse 2, to, to cry out, God, in your wrath, remember mercy. I need mercy from you, Jesus, because I know that you're going to bring justice, and I don't want justice. We talked about that last week. Joe had that comment of, you know, we so often cry out, justice, justice, justice. But the reality is, do you really want that? Well, yes, but we need mercy, too. And so there's this fear of the Lord. As, as, as Scripture talks about, that, that, that's the beginning of wisdom. It's the, it's, it's the starting point of wisdom. Wisdom is, is knowing something and acting rightly in accordance with it. The man's coming. The, the, the wise thing to do is to be right with him. How do we know Jesus is going to be the judge of the living and dead? It's the resurrection. That's where it really gets down to. All the other armor, set them all aside. It has to do with one 
thing. Is Jesus raised from the dead or not? And the arguments are clear. It's not a scientific argument because this isn't science. This is, is it a historical fact? And the evidence is overwhelmingly clear. Jesus is not dead. You said, well, that's ridiculous. People don't rise from the dead. Well, if, there, if there's a God and he really wanted to prove that this particular person is going to be the one who judges everybody, you would think he's going to have to do something a little unusual to make sure we understand which one he is, like raising him from the dead. This is the one. So a fear of the Lord, the recognition that you want to be right with Jesus before this moment. And you anticipate it. And so when we look out into the world and we look out into the craziness, one of the, one of the, 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 the responses need to be looking out and going, I need to make sure I'm right with Jesus and I want to make sure everybody else is right with Jesus because that day is going to come. But second of all, it's, it's, it's a response of, of faith. He says here, I will wait quietly for the day, coming day when disaster will come. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes in the vines, on and on. And it's this idea of, I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to expect it even though I can't see it. Now it doesn't mean that our faith is not based on evidence. It is. What he's getting at is even though I, it, it looks like evil is going to win. And doesn't that sometimes feel like that? That evil is, is just overwhelming the world. Yep, okay, that's fine, because Jesus will make it right. Even though I can't see God dealing with this, it's just wait for it. Wait for the day of him coming. I'm going to trust his promises that he's going to come. And there's all kinds of promises. Not just that the promise is going to come and he's going to bring righteousness that as Amos 5 says, that let justice roll down and, like, and let, let righteousness be like an ever-flowing stream that he's bringing this day. But it's the promise that if you cry out to him, God, give mercy to me. I need your mercy. He will give you mercy. The promise that if you put your faith in Jesus, your judgment day has passed. Your judgment day was on the cross. Your judgment day is, is when Jesus, because you've been united with him through faith, that all of the wrath, all of the judgment that you have earned, both past, past, present, and future sins, have been laid on Jesus, and they were fully paid for. So when that judgment day comes, it's not going to be a day of wrath for you. You're forgiven. You're right with him by faith. It's exactly what he says in chapter 2, verse 4. The righteous shall live by faith, shall live in the day of judgment, and not just live in the day of judgment, but they're going to live their lives by faith. And so one of the responses here to the, the injustices and the craziness going on is that you're going to trust the promises of God. Trust that he's coming, trust that he's going to bring justice, but also trust that you're forgiven. That God is right with you because of your faith in Jesus. Trust that, yeah, it looks like the world's going crazy. Okay, yeah, he says it's going to happen. It's fine. It just means we're a step closer to, 
to the second coming. Oh no, the Antichrist is coming. Yep. That's all right. Because he, he doesn't win. Jesus wins. Third. He says finally here, verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the Lord, the God of my salvation. It's this idea of not just, am I going to have a fear of the Lord? I need to be right with Him. It's not just that I'm going to trust in His promises, but I understand and I'm going to live in the moment of the implications of that which produces joy. You're going to do what you're supposed to be doing. Not be anxious about the craziness. It's okay. It's not that you accept that this is the way it is. Of course we don't want injustice. Of course we don't want wickedness. Of course we don't want violence in our streets. Yes. But we, we can rejoice in the salvation that God's bringing we look forward to the day. There's an anticipation that as Isaiah 50, one talks about that the redeemed of the Lord is going to come back with joy. That there's going to be singing. That as Revelation 21 talks about that there will be no more crying nor pain anymore. That that, that day's coming. You know where we're going. So, you know, when, when you get this, that the king is coming, you don't, it, it, the, the complaints, the angst just drops. Because he ends the book with praise. He starts off being all pretty worked up. I see violence. I see violence. Oh, no. And, and he sees the report of God is going to come. And his response is, I will rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. He's coming. And you say to me, Brian, that's hard. That's really hard. To, to, to live this way with the, with the anticipation of Jesus coming back. To, to, to see the, the, the evil going on and not be over, feel like you're being crushed and overwhelmed with it. I get that. To live with a joy in your salvation in the midst of all this. And that's what he's getting at in this very last phrase here. The sovereign Lord is my strength and he makes my feet to be like a deer. It's this image of... of and it, it's kind of like a mountain goat. You've seen those pictures of mountain goats seemingly standing on nothing on a cliff. This is the idea that, that God is going to enable you to stand in a place that seems impossible to stand. This place of rejoicing the God of your salvation, knowing what it is to fear the Lord, knowing that Jesus is going to come, having faith in his promises, he's going to enable you. So God, enable your people today to stand on these things when they see the injustice. It doesn't mean we don't work for injustice. It doesn't mean we try and do justice and love mercy today. Absolutely. Do this. Just don't be all worked up if that's not what's happening. Because in the end, 
the day that it happens is the day that the trump sounds and the skies light up and Jesus comes back. Then it will. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this day. <sighs> this day that's coming. Help us to live in this, to live in the, in, in, the, in, in the anticipation of your return. Help us to be utterly convinced of your resurrection. Help us to, to, to know your promises, to, to understand the implications of it. Help us to see the world through the lens of this vision, the vision of your return. Thank you, Jesus. Enable your people to stand. Just give them the strength to stand. In Jesus' name, amen.